This person has made a big impact on our life. Have really learned a lot from her. All right, somebody get me out of here. <laughs> no, we've had our own little counseling in this whole thing. This has been quite the counseling session. <laughs> I hope you've learned a lot. We've definitely benefited from this. <laughs> you we. See Did you see that? Yeah, uh, and I just said we. Love or work. Welcome to the Love Work Podcast. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. And wow, last season, first interview. This is going to be exciting. Last season, but our first interview. Okay, that got a little confusing, but this is going to be our last season of this podcast. Yes. We already announced that, though. I know, but how you said it made me kind of like go back like you're talking about our last season. Like our previous season. Oh, wow. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Not it really. just sounded a little off. I, I think was a it was a little confused. It seemed crystal clear to final me. Final season, first interview. This is going to be a hot one. It's a good one. Is it? Yeah. Well, wait, before we get there, I do want to give a little hot tip for oh. date nights. Uh, I mean, it is kind of what, what's your. Is it Valentine's week? Is that why we're doing this? Well, it is actually. And you know I hate Valentine's. Valentine's week, but it's beyond. I'm saying beyond Valentine's. This has nothing to do with Valentine's Okay, because you know I hate it. It's a hot tip. Okay. Hot tip. Let's go. <laughs> it's a new segment. Okay, whatever. Um, so I tried this new thing with you. And I was curious to see I what would happen. I hope you're not like going into like hot tip sex lives or something. Oh, this could be great. That's next week. Oh my God. Anyway, so what I did was I created, I have an Apple iPhone, which not everybody does, what but that doesn't that matter. Mean? It just hang on. Just walk, walk with me for a second. Oh my God. So I, I open up my notes, which I use notes a lot okay. in my phone. Yes, That's what so I kind of track all these things. Yes, with. I'm still trying so to credit, track. Just, just listen. I'm not there yet. Listen. Okay. I created this note. Note, not notes. I created a note, and it's called date night bucket list. Oh yes. Okay. Now I'm with you. Wow. Date night it took a lot to get to that point here. Okay. <laughs> date night bucket list, and I started by just writing like five or six things that we could do on a date night, and that are different, like. One is that there's a new place in Atlanta that, like, is doing darts. Uh, like, it's like a dart. You throw them? Yeah, it's kind of like Top Golf meets darts. Ew. Okay. Anyway. Okay. I mean, I've never think I've done darts, but, you know. Obviously, you didn't really get into the bucket list when I sent it to I you. Mean, but I'm me recommending like this scanning. as a hot tip right now for <laughs> couples. So this is great. Anyway, so what I did is I listed, like, five or six things. And then I shared the note with you. Oh, yeah. And I'm supposed to read it and add to it. Yeah. And you I haven't, haven't read it and yeah. you haven't added to it. Okay. Why do you got to throw all my stuff out there well, to all the people? Good Lord. All that to say, hot tips don't always work. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> no, my I actually God. think this is going to be cool. It's because It's a very because, busy week. Because okay? here's what happens. We get a date night. We get a scheduled. We get a sitter. We All that stuff. And then you get in the car and you go... Well, what, are, what, what do, do you, you want to do? do? Yes. Oh, you didn't plan something? I didn't plan. I thought you were going to plan something. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, I so now it. we got this bucket list that and we can just go back to at any moment of any day of any time and be like, oh, well, we always want to do this. Check let's check it off the bucket list. Let's go. Okay. And it that's doesn't, a good one. the thing about bucket lists, I think usually bucket lists end up being like the most 
Extravagant. Extravagant. I want to go cliff diving in Jamaica. Ooh, I don't know about that, but okay. You know, you know what I'm saying? I get it. This is like doable things. Think local, think simple. It doesn't have to be expensive. Just like, oh, I've always wanted to climb that mountain. Whatever. I've always... <laughs> things I've never actually thought. You have never thought that. I've always wanted to go play darts and beat Andre next Thursday night. You just want to beat me and win no matter what. I mean, if if the shoe fits. Okay, the, the we're going to come back and see who wins. So, and I'm going to let you all know, everybody out there, who won at darts. Anyway, mm-hmm. so hey, you we'll might be see. listening to this and be thinking, this is kind of a fun thing we could try. Do it. Just do it yourself. Hot tip from Jeff Schoenabarger. Put it in a note and send it to your partner and say, hey, this is something we can work on together. All right. Let's get to our interview. Let's do it. Because this is a good one. Mm -hmm. Today, we have Propaganda, who is a rapper. And I'm sure you've heard his music plenty before. If you haven't, look him up. Yeah, all the things. He's amazing. Owns a coffee company. Yes. And he has uh, new music coming out out called Terraform, if you want to check out his new music. And then he has a cold brew also coming out with his coffee, um, a ready-to-drink cold brew that's also called Terraform. So Prop is very passionate about coffee. I've seen him make his coffee. I've been in a in a back room yes. at a conference one time with him, and it was like everyone's just getting own, the free right? coffee, and then he and and Prop's in the corner like he brings out his pour over. He I mean he. He's, he's committed. Passionate. He's passionate. Yeah. I, I like it. it. I appreciate it. Well, you so are you because you love coffee. Okay. Yeah. But we got to talk about his wife because really, Dr. Alma, I'm sorry. First of all, how did a rapper and a doctor meet and fall in love? Like this is what this interview is about. So here we go. But Dr. Alma has written a book called Chingona. And listen to this. It's called Owning Your Inner Badass for healing and justice. I mean, that tagline, I'm all about it. (laughs) It's a great book. Uh, Again, it's by Dr. Alma Sarasoga Petty. And if you want to look up her stuff, it's all over Amazon or anywhere you buy your books. And um, she talks about what chingona means and what that is a little bit in our interview. Uh, And this is just a Pleasant, fun, lovely interview. I wouldn't. I, it's actually not how I'd explain it. I, I enjoyed had so it. much fun. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it was pleasant. I think that they were real. I would yes. say like these are two real humans bringing the real content. Yeah, it to was our vulnerable, real. Yes. Yeah. All right. So let's listen in to how a rapper and a doctor fell in love. Here is Prop and Alma. How did the two of you fall in love? Who made the first move in this relationship? <laughs> That's a good question. That is a good question. Um, who made the first move? Did I make the first move? You made the more obvious move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like I kept it because we had like the, we were in the same friend group. So I kept it pretty ambiguous at first, just in case. But I think, yeah, I definitely I think I made the first move. Yeah. What was it? It was inviting you to the UIWI thing. Yeah, yeah. I I, 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 I don't know. I don't really count it because 
He had so many caveats to it. He was like, it's just a professional. You work with youth. You should come to this youth thing. <laughs> I was like, look. So like if, really friend, like making yeah, it friend I, I, I and was professional. And, yeah, I was like, yeah. wait, what? If it's like, that was like, look, if it's if it's not up, then like, it's cool. It was just a professional invite. But if it is up, <laughs> when I get there, I could be like, yo, are you busy? You want to go to dinner? Yeah. You know what That's I'm saying? True. That's true. And oh, you're gonna add on. You're gonna. I was add gonna on. add on. <laughs> Got and it. And she's like, "Oh no, nah, I can't." I was like, "Okay, now I know." You know, it was that simple. Yeah, at so least she that's was, what I thought it was. So you were into it, or? Oh, I was into it before that. Um, oh, the, okay. the reason he was even able to reach out to me was because I told our group, our mutual friend, mutual friend. Um, you know, basically, yeah, give him my number. Like I am not, he's single now. We hadn't known each other for like five years before we actually yeah. ever hit on each other. And because in that time he, you know, that we were in other relationships. And so this was, it was a new year's Eve, uh, 2018. And we, not 2018, baby. 2008. A whole decade is gone. I was like, my brain apparently. What? <laughs> 2008 is yes. what I meant. <laughs> yes. And um, yeah, it was like that, that, that New Year's Eve, I, you shared, that was a conversation that was going on around the fire. Just how yeah, much my, people disliked your ex. Basically my friends were making fun of me about my ex. And uh, yeah. Okay. And I had a, I could either go along with it or I could play the long game and be the nice guy and not get involved in all of this negative talk towards this young lady so that this young lady could see that I'm a good that's, guy. That's basically what did it for me. I was definitely looking oh. to see how he was reacting to this and the fact that he stayed pretty quiet and just, you know, didn't really um, also... Uh, talk mess. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't pile on. I didn't pile on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just said a lot yeah. about him and his character. So I, that's when I told my friend, like, oh yeah, I hadn't told you this, but I had been feeling him for a long time. But we had been, you know, either mm -hmm. he's he had, you know, another relationship. So go ahead and pass my number along. So at this uh, work uh, date. Did yeah, it didn't. extend? Did we move on? Did we? Add that one on? didn't work out the way I hoped. <laughs> oh, it didn't. Um, but. But we went to a, a poetry event after and yeah, for, for our second date for our mm -hmm. second date, which was a Valentine's Day poetry event, which was oh, also so for me a, a work thing. Date. That oh, felt more wait. like a real date. Oh, okay. But it was a date. Okay. He means okay. romantically he wants to get to know me. Not yes. <laughs> now it's like, okay, this is a date and I'm about okay. to go do some love poetry. Yeah. Oh, so you were performing. Yeah, I was performing. Yeah. He oh, so you're on stage. You have the microphone. Just doing were, you, were you speaking directly to her? Well, no, it was like our second date. So I was like, yeah. I don't want it to be weird, you know, but yeah. I want you to see that like, oh man, he's got it in him, you know? Okay. Okay. He's, <laughs> he's, impressed. he's a thug and he's romantic. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have y'all uh, been married together now? 13, this, right? Yeah, 13 years. 13 years. And you have kids? Yeah. Two daughters. Two, Two girls. Mm -hmm. We have a seven-year-old and a 17-year-old. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. We're a blended family, so Jason's yeah, but... also a stepdad. Okay. Got a stepdaddy. That's then, always fun. And then I got another one the old-fashioned way. <laughs> <laughs> Teenagers. Teenagers. Oh, Lord. So a blended oh, family. How, so how has that... 
How's that worked out? Has that been a unique experience? I mean, it's the experience you have, obviously, but what have you learned through that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of intersections to our um, family. There were also multicultural, multiracial, and blended. So it just, you know, (laughs) it just... Gives more opportunities for misunderstandings and <laughs> trying, to fake, trying to and learning and figuring each other out. Um, but it's also been fun. I think there's a lot that I've learned in just, you know, having someone step parent my oldest daughter and really like, you know, just kind of, I mean, at this point, Jason, I think is like the main father figure in her life. So it's just has become more of a feeling of like a single unit. I mean, I don't think we yeah. really talk about it or even think about it that that way. No. Um, for most for most of like for most of my like professional life, like uh, people just people don't even know she's a stepdaughter. You know, yeah. you, they just think she just looks like her mom, you know. Mm-hmm. Um which is like uh, yeah. clearly I didn't make that one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We had soul and it was like, "Okay. <laughs> Never mind." <laughs> yeah. She's clearly biracial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh yeah. Yeah, she was three, our oldest, when we started dating, you know, and then she was four yeah. when we got married. So I think that, like, you know, she was young enough. You know, yeah. there's obviously now having ever after having a second child, I understand that like zero to three is actually a long time, you yeah. know. Um, but at the time I, you know, I wasn't a I wasn't a dad. I didn't know. I was like, well, you still baby, it's fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, you know, but so uh, you weren't fearful of this, huh? Well, I I got good counsel that Mm. uh, in the beginning, because at first, like when I first met her, like she said, like uh, I had already known she was in the friend circle, but I was like, okay, first of all, she's a UCLA grad. She's on her way to go to like get her master's in like, what was it? Counseling, right? Mm -hmm. Counseling at Northridge. So I'm like, and she's got a kid. I'm like, okay, dude, I'm a rapper. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like there's not even, it's not even worth attempting. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, she's already out of leaks. But once it was like, oh, she might actually be interested in me. Um, I just got some good counsel that was like, all right, man, like if you're going to do this, like this is what you're signing up for. And like right. either if it's not going to work, like keep your distance from her child because that's not fair. You know what I'm saying? But if mm-hmm. you're down, look, no complaints. If you're down, this is what it is. You yeah. know? And yeah. So I was like, all right, well. Yeah, this is what it is, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, of course, there's like tension, you know. And it's not like her her biological father isn't around. Like it's not like he's you know disappeared. But essentially, like I'm not I'm the dad in the house. I did most of the actual parenting. But like, you know, it's they talk. You know what I mean? It's like there's no weirdness. I definitely made a promise to her and to myself that I was like I'll never. She'll never know what I think of him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm not, I just never want to like, I'm not going to influence that relationship in any way. Mm-hmm. Bring him up. You want to go see him. We're going to go see him. You know what yeah. I mean? If you don't yeah. want to go see him, you don't want to go see him. You know what I'm saying? But like, that's y'all's relationship. It's none of my business. I'll never speak ill of him. You know what I mean? Uh, and she'll make her own decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So you alluded to this, like, I'm a rapper and she's a, I don't know how you, you didn't explain it, but academic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, An academic. Is that a good, I mean, I don't know. You might not refer to she's yourself. She's a doctor. She's, yeah. She's, I mean, yeah. No, I, I do. I mean, I, I currently teach uh, at a at a university. So, you know, I, I've continued kind of that academic path um, yeah. on, a part, on a part-time basis and, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would consider myself an academic among other things. 
So then how does that even kind of work together with you both? I mean, I know with prop, I'm sure you're, you've got a whole different schedule and, mm-hmm. you know, way that life works versus a pretty, you know, mom yeah, well, with a kid and, a and, yeah. you know, a job and school and schedule schedules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Schedules absurd. <laughs> I mean, so like, you know, a, a, a good like caveat for us is like, I, I came from academia. I was a teacher. I used to teach mm-hmm. high school. So the me understanding her track and what she was doing was like that wasn't hard for me because like like I said I I taught high school so mm-hmm. um which was part of even the whole hitting on her thing because it was like I left this high school job to start pursuing music full time mm-hmm. and I was like dang what a I just quit this job you know what I, mean? <laughs> I had a great job you know uh but yeah so I think you know again when, when so when we started like in our, in our, our relationship early, she was beginning her PhD program. So she was a full-time student. So at Mm. that point for me, it was like, it's not like she's available anyway. You know, she's, she more busy than me. People always thought like, dang, how do you guys do this with your schedule? I'm like, she's not available. It's not me. Like (laughs) I'm the, I'm the one just sitting around. So I might as well go on tour because I'm just, I'm just sitting here, you know what I mean? Cause she was in her PhD program. So like, uh, but with, with that type of schedule, it made it where, you know, as an artist, like when you're home, you're home. So I was doing pickups and drop-offs and all this stuff because she had the more, you know, mm-hmm. she had to be in class at this, like this. And, but we, we check in every like quarter, right. Mm-hmm. To be like, what's coming up. Yeah. There was time. definitely a lot of fumbles in the beginning. Absolutely. And we had to figure out what worked for us because of how busy we both were and, you know, just very committed to our, our work. I think mm-hmm. uh, in many ways, like many relationships, you know, there's times when in seasons when you're just not aligning in terms of having your schedules really work for both of you, right? So you have to have those. I think, at least I like to think that because of our our relationship and, and the things that we were involved in, we just had to do that a lot more and like constantly, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, now we're at a, at, a, at a place where we know how long he can be gone before Alma needs like support from the other parent and is <laughs> starting to feel like a single mom. And so, yeah. you know, in the beginning, we didn't have that. And he was also working on building his career as a musician, you know, and, yeah. and kind of like and, and that. And so he had to be out there. He had to be in front of people. And so um, there was a lot of times when he was gone really long. And then we realized like, yeah, that's not going to work. Can't it's, do that. You, yeah. you can't, we can't, we can't do that. And so we started kind of building in like the 15, every 15 days kind of like the maximum was like two weeks you the could maximum be gone. was two weeks yeah then you had to come home or i had to like fly them out something we had to like connect yeah. somehow because it's just yeah. you know it was just really hard and um and then over the years i think you know with the kids getting older obviously it's been a lot easier with with that and before covid i think um you know this that that timeline still say, it stayed the same but all but now we're like checking in a lot more of like hey what do you have going on this week so that there isn't miscommunication yeah. because of just how much is on each other's you know on our yeah. plates mm-hmm. and it's yeah. so easy it's so easy to like Very. miss miss something we're like wait who's picking up yeah. you know or like yeah what happened with you know and so yeah. we, we have to do it on a weekly basis now 
Yeah. There's also like the reality of like learning that, you know, with both of us being, which is probably like the point of this podcast, we're both very driven and driven about what mm-hmm. we're driven about, yeah. you know? So like, you know, it's easy to develop resentment. So it's like, like, well, you know, she's like, well, I, how come I can't be on this, the lecture circuit? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You get to go do these tours, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, or me being like, damn, I just missed out on this chance because you couldn't handle, you know, so like those, but I mean, obviously none of this came out of our mouths, obviously. Okay, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, but, but we all think it. Wait, wait, wait. We all think it, right? But we think it. You know what I'm saying? But you're like, you're man. It's coming out of your mouth right now. So. Yeah. No, but it's like, but I'm not crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're not crazy. I want to stay married. So I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, right. But you, 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 you realize that like those, so those things are important, you know? And like, I had to make a decision that like, I was going to be as successful as I possibly can giving the constraints I have, you know, and just be mm. like, that's, that's just what's going to be like, I can't, yeah, like a lot of my buddies could like, do the one month tour, go home, do some laundry, and then get on the next bus and do the next tour. That's just not my life, you know, mm-hmm. and then once you get a little more established, and you have a little more say, you know, on what events to say yes to, and how yeah. you do the routing, you know, what I'm saying, but it took uh, it takes those years of grinding to be like, to be like, no, I'm only doing shows Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, you yeah. know, but I had to get to that, you know, but you don't get mm-hmm. to that until like yeah. year you six. You grind it out. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, lo- I love that. I'm glad you said that. Cause like. We definitely the, feel and think about. Yeah. Like I think it's easy and not fair to your partner to compare all that to someone yeah. else that's on the road with you, right? And it's like, meanwhile, yeah. the other person on the road is super lonely and you don't think about that. And they, you know, like, or there's, Absolutely. there's other yeah. aspects. It's like, it's, their story is not the same as mine. I mm-hmm. I, I think that's really cool. You showed that. I, and Alma, you, you, um, I was reading through your book and, I, and both of you guys are referring to different seasons in life and different eras. And, and it sounded like in your book, there was a season that was, kind of a an exploration of your identity. I don't know if that's the right way to explain it, but there and and part of that was a real low season. I love mm-hmm. you shared that example that someone else, I forget who shared it, but about the you're in the water and you're like the in-between. You're in the water mm-hmm. between this place and that place. Um I'm curious like what did you guys learn in your relationship? Like what? Because that's a. I'm sure it was a long process. Like, how did you guys work through that together? Because it's not just logistics. It was like mm-hmm. finding finding yourself again. Yeah, I mean, my book was really like a product of many years of personal experience with therapy and really coming to terms with complex trauma for myself. And what ignited like my vision for the book was this moment that I had where when it all started to fall apart. And so I was healed enough and not in depression enough. And so kind of out of it enough to then like look back and be like, wow, like I really went through that. It was a really hard time. Um, How many, you know, like how many stories like these are there out there? And I wish I would have heard another person, Latina with my kind of background, kind of talk about this in a personal development book or a self-care, self-help book. And so to me, I think, you know, that was, that was something that was very spiritual for me, like in terms of like wanting to then write about it 
And it was actually part of my own healing process as well to have to birth this mm-hmm. book and, and kind of have my story out there. But I would say that actually the hardest part wasn't when I was writing it. It was probably be, like when in the things that I'm writing about that had happened like mm-hmm. so many years ago, um, when I was struggling with like very like severe depression and, you know, just needing a lot more support, help, um, like trying to get myself to a place to, of healing and all of that kind of happening in a moment where I was also finishing out my PhD and, and supposed to have gone on to amazing, you know, beautiful things that we, <laughs> we imagine, right? Like, oh, this hard work is going to pay off for that. And then realizing mm-hmm. like, no, I can't handle that right now. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like I need to look inward and take care of me because it's, it was starting to affect like our relationship and, and just the way that I was showing up or not showing up specifically and just how we needed to really take care of my, well, I felt like I needed to take care of myself so that I could even like be present, right. In the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I think what happened, yeah. So I would say that's, that's kind of how it affected us in terms of the relationship. Yeah. I think there was like, uh, for, for my side of the road, I can, I can now pinpoint two crucial fatal errors I made in that time, you Mm. know? And then, I mean, some things I did well, you know, uh, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, like, let's talk about, about let's talk about your fatal errors though. But my fatal there. errors. Yes. I think the, the, one of the fatal errors was assuming that I knew she was going through what she was going through and I'm watching it. I'm, 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 I'm learning on the fly. Cause she's struggling with things I don't struggle with, you know what I mean? And and I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, be present and be there. But I had this assumption that if I just, that my love and compassion and that I was going to be such a good husband that I would heal all of her <laughs> path, that I would rewrite all of her history because I'm showering her with just, just the love that she never got. You're you know? so heroic, right? Right. So heroic. I'm so heroic. Right. And that, so, so you when it are wasn't the hero in yes. her story, in her yes. story, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna, inserted yourself. I am going to fix it. I see you have a problem. You come from this. You know what? Watch this. I'm going to, I'm going to love you to hell. <laughs> you know? wow. And when I was like, wait, wait, what? Like, how are you? Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. That's not working. Mm. You yeah. know? And, and I, it was like, for me, it's like, I'm like, my world's crashing down because I thought you know what I'm saying? That I could do. So that was one fatal error was like really thinking that I could be enough. Um, and then I think uh, the second sort of error was, I think in my attempt to just try to understand and empathize instead of just affirming her hurt, and just like validating what she's going through, it was more of an interrogation because I just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So am, I'm like, okay, well, if that thought makes you sad, maybe just don't think about it. Like it just, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's helping, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, well, Buck, I 
up. You know, well, let's go to let's go to a party. You know, saying like, because I'm like, because when I'm sad, you know, I just do fun stuff. You know, so I'm like, so I, and I, because I, because honestly, it was like I'm trying to put myself in your shoes, and so like you say, this is what I would do. Yeah, this is what I would do. Yeah, you know, and you know, rather than just yeah, like. Like I was saying, rather than just, uh, you know, affirm and validate what she's going through and just kind of being there with her, you know. Uh, and also, I have the tendency to, like, minimize. I think we this came up in therapy. Like, I come from, like, a divorced family, you know, single parent home. So I think when you when you when you when you're watching, like, you know, your mom like really struggle and go through what she's going through. My mom went through a pretty bad depression after my pop split. And while she was going through that time, it was just clear to me because I was a teenager. It was just clear to me that like, I can't bring no problems to her. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Cause she's going through too much. So, uh, and it, apparently like it's pretty normal for, for kids of this, you tend to minimize mm-hmm. all of your problems and you want to be the one place of safety for this person that's going through something. So that's what I kept doing. I kept minimizing everything that was about me. I was like, nah, I'll be all right. She going through all this. I'll be all right. Don't worry about it. I don't want to talk about this. We'll deal with me later. I'll figure it out another way. You know what I'm saying? And while I'm thinking I'm minimizing and pushing it down and dealing with it later, it's just coming out other ways, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but so I well maybe I made three fatal errors. <laughs> so that was the third. <laughs> you fatal had the error. third. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 uh. But but you know, the more healthy she got, the more we were able to identify that like, oh, so this was in some ways exacerbating some of the problems. Like I I wasn't helping. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. So now that we know what that is, we can get into that and like really get there to be part of the solution. But it was it mm-hmm. was a ride. You know. Yeah, yeah. And Oma, how did you feel like, I mean, in terms of, I don't know, it sounded like it was definitely very much self-healing that you need mm-hmm. versus it doesn't seem like as much like couples therapy or whatever. It was more like a lot of your own healing and uh, process yeah. in that. Did you feel, I mean, did this go on for years? Did you feel like this was like going to be forever did or was there a place of time where you said you felt healed like it's yeah. just I don't yeah uh yes I felt like it would go on forever and it mm-hmm. felt like there was just a lot to do and in many ways this is what I mean when I talk about always arriving but never having arrived is that the healing yeah. process for someone who you know, I would say for 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 all of all of us, you know, I, I happen to have extra um, sprinkles of trauma on my my issues, but you know, mm-hmm. we all we all are have our own little cupcake of of uh, issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that's my really like cute way of talking yeah, about amazing. our <laughs> individualized cupcakes, just perfect cupcake. for us. Just for yeah. me. With yeah, just for me. Has extra sprinkles, so you know. But I think all of us, right? Like, um, just finding fulfillment in life and just growing, and also growing with our partners. It just entails a lot of uh, self reflection, growth, working on ourselves, finding those like blind spots. And so I think we're all on that journey. The only difference that was that with me, because of the extra things that I've been through in my and just trauma from my childhood. 
was that it was very heightened and it was like, and I had never dealt with it. And so all of a sudden my body's reacting in these ways of like threat. Like I was having panic attacks. I was having like, um, and I talk about this in my book, you know, like I, I, I used to wake up just having um, these dreams uh, where I just kind of felt like it was like really happening and I would wake up and just kind of still be in and out of sleep, which I've learned since is kind of what um, soldiers experience post-traumatic stress when mm -hmm. they come back from, yeah. you know, and at that time I was like, this just seems like too much for like the little things that I went through, you know, and I was mm -hmm. still, I think, in a place of not really realizing how, one, there were not little things. I think I had just grown up to normalize it, right? And be yeah. like, oh, well, you know, that had to happen because of this. As opposed to like, no, that was really messed up. That was more of like, you know, uh, like a deep wound that I had carried for so long and didn't even know about it. And then also realizing like my own chemistry, right? Like someone else could have gone through that, maybe like been able to go through a different kind of journey. But that was, this was my journey. And I had mm -hmm. to go through it this specific kind of way because I was having my own sprinkles on my cupcake, you know, and it's unique. And so... Um, yeah, all that to say, this is kind of what I mean when I talk about always arriving, but never having arrived in that even as I am more healed, I also recognize, wow, there's a, all these other things that because I wasn't very healed in some other ways, I still need to work on, on my, with mm -hmm. myself to really find the fulfillment, not only in our relationship, but in my work, in my role as a mom, as a friend, you know, mm -hmm. as a daughter, like all of the other roles that I also hold. Yeah. And so right. mm -hmm. yeah, I think our couple's issues you know, they were sprinkled here and there, but they didn't really come up in the sense of like, okay, we really have to deal with this until after, you know, mm -hmm. until after like, I, I mean, am I wrong? Maybe I might be wrong, but like in the sense of uh, she's reached this healing. We're super excited about this book. Obviously I'm a creative. I've been writing for so long. I'm so excited about the fact she's doing this. So it's like, so now that this like project that, you know, we were both excited to get off the, get off the, you know, get off the ground and see it happen, you know, and as she's at a place of healing, you know, she's able to be like, actually, bro, while I was going through this. You was, you was kind of doing some stuff, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, and for me, I was like, I put all of my needs aside to help you go through this. You selfish little, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, so like, so, so, so yeah, so healthy. So, and it's like, and one of the lessons we learn mm -hmm. is like, yo, you can't, there is no putting this aside for labor for later. Mm -hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that that's, what we learned there, there is no, but I yeah. thought that's what I was doing was like, right. we'll deal with this later, you know, but really it's, it's just, just compounding. It's just laundry. It's your, yeah. it's your laundry. Just adding just, it in, just yeah. adding and adding and it's getting worse and it's getting dirtier. And now it stinks more. Cause it's, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, and then when it gets to it, you know, me as like the, hero, the, you know, the, the, um, the, the, you know, righteous martyr, you feel me? Like me being that is like, haven't I done enough? You know what I'm saying? It just mm -hmm. so like really getting into being like, well, dang prop, like you had a chance to, you know, you could have been going through therapy this whole time too. You know, mm -hmm. just like you could have been working on yourself this time. You know what I'm saying? So that by the time we all get here, it's like, you done dealt with some stuff that you got stuff too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, so I think that, you know, that the, the uh, while, while her book is, and and this journey that she's she's uh chronicling is her 
her personal self journey, you know, it, that is not to say that, you know, our marriage needed its own sort of work, you know? Mm. Yeah. That, as you've been talking, I, I just started thinking about this, like, um, I, I don't know. I haven't, we've not actually talked about this. Oh, so this boy. would be interesting. Oh boy. So like one live on the phone scout. Yes. One of like Andre's uh, great gifts in life is she's very independent. Oh, right. Uh, okay. Here we're Which in, 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 <laughs> in, Jeff. I'm looking at you okay. eye to eye, Jeff. Uh, thank I you. I got you. Okay. <laughs> I actually, you loved that when we. I loved it. In love. Totally. It was, my, it was one of the reasons I loved. It was like, I love her because she's so independent. Right. She <laughs> doesn't need, she doesn't need, need all these other people. She doesn't, she doesn't need me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the flips, but then there's like an unhealthy side of that where it's like, all right, you're so in, independent that you could literally, like, you don't, you don't need me. Like, why are we married in some way? So that, but that's the whole thing. <laughs> am I are we in the same way? Bro, and I'm like, okay, help me understand. Like, where do I fit in this? <laughs> where do I fit And then you mad part? at me if I don't help. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> What's and I don't want here? you to be codependent. Like, I don't want you to like, I don't know. I know that you have your own, like, you yeah, need to have I'm, space. I'm, I'm kind of like, smart we... too. Like, I you know, like, <laughs> I could do things. Like, I'm pretty smart. You know? <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't know. Where do, where does that land? Like, where's the healthy mix in that? Have you guys wrestled through that? Um, I don't know. Um, Around parenting, I think. Yeah, over okay. a lot of that that's true. Kind of showed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for with parenting, because of just the dynamics of being in a blended family, just kind of feeling number one responsible for what ends up happening. So kind of putting that on myself and then like, like not really letting uh, Jason kind of have his own voice and his own relationship and his own way of how he's going to, you know, show up with our kids. I think that was one way that it just got really where we had to really sit down and talk and like, hey, you can't keep being like the bad guy that comes in and like lays down the law because this is why our kids are also like not about you right now <laughs> and like don't mm -hmm. really want you around. Um, and I also have to be the one that actually like asks them to do those hard things like chores, you know, that's kind of what I'm talking about, chores or like responsibilities, because if he's the only one doing that, then it, it perpetuates the whole he's the bad guy thing, right? So I think we had like that conversation. Yeah, it was like, okay, you know, I'll be home for two weeks and we'll come up with a rhythm and a system or whatever. And I'm like, okay, this happens on this day, this happens on this day. All right, you know, and you, you're, you know, you're reminding your kids, you're enforcing, you know, I'm saying they're human, it is what it is. But at some point you've got to have consequences. Like if you're not doing your part, right? And then I'll leave for five days. For a show, and then and I'll come all back. All goes to hell, and I'm like, <laughs> it don't work when you're not here. <laughs> what the hell is so then? And I'm looking at her like, yo, can you like? I mean, can you stick to the plan? You know, and you know, and she's like, well, you weren't here. You know, I'm right. I'm a one person team. I'm trying right. to handle this. This we decided, you know, that this works better. And I'm like, you can't just decide, you know. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, so I think that that like independence um, it, mm. that you're referring to, I think it played out mostly with our, mostly with our kids rather than like, you know, because of 
also we're very like, you know, responsible. It's like, what's on my plate, I'm going to handle, you know, and I'm going to handle it my way, you know, and Mm -hmm. she's going to handle things her way, you know? And, um, I like that though, because, because I think we've been talking about like at different phases of our kids' life, they are more apt to lean towards one of us over the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it isn't, it's not consistent. (laughs) It's like in this, I don't know, these couple months, the one kid is leaning towards me or leaning towards her. And it's like, okay, I need you to assume that responsibility for right now. Like right now, Jada is for some reason leaning, like Andre acknowledged, I didn't see it this way recently. Did you see it though? I did. I have seen it more. Leaning more towards me. Yeah. And she's like, I can't communicate with her. I'm like, okay, I can right now. And that's yeah. okay, that's okay, right? Like that's yeah, a yeah, yeah. I need yeah. to step into that a little bit. Yeah. yeah, step into it and yeah, like share like like so it eventually yeah, with us it eventually ended up like we just fell into this role that like mm-hmm. Alma was like the social emotional supportive and I was like the driven get it done, you know, accountability parent, you know what I'm saying? Um mm-hmm. and then I would be sad when <laughs> I walk into the bedroom and both the kids are curled up up under her watching a movie. And I'm like, yo, I wasn't even invited to this mug. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is in my bed. And I'm like, I'm not even in, God, dog. Like, how come y'all don't want to curl up under me? They're like, because you're going to tell us to go do a chore. So that's why I won't, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, dang. But yeah, so we had to learn how to like, really. And she had to encourage me to be like, yo, you can everything ain't a teachable moment, man. You can go tell them that it's cool. You know, you love on a date with them. You just take them out. And I'm like, I took them out yesterday. And then I showed them how much this cost. Right. You still made it a teachable moment. Still was a teacher. So, yeah. So, Elma, uh, Jeff is also a very creative person with a bazillion ideas. And that's been like a long, um, process for me to like uh figure out how to marry be married to him yeah it's been a gift it's been a gift (laughs) (laughs) where I'm like I'm just like so I'm like the doer of like uh if there's something you know these are steps what we need to do to get it done and he's the vision creative out there with lots of ideas Mm -hmm. that he just wants to share and in the beginning, when he shared the ideas, I used to always think, oh, my God, we got to do them. And, you know, so start mm-hmm. making a list of the 10 things when all he was really actually wanting to do was just like, tell me an off the cuff yeah. idea, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, cool? so, like you're just yeah. like, yeah, wouldn't that be cool if we I, did this? Yeah, no. Right. Where I'm anyway, like, oh, my yeah. God, the checklist, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so it's changed. We definitely got a system now. I get it now. How has it been for you uh, being married to a very big creative idea guy? Yeah, I mean, I kind of relate to a little bit of all that you mentioned um, in that there's times when I used to say things just because I'm creatively thinking about like the layout of our house and like how we, I wanted to like move things around or, you know, just kind of have things look different. And it would like start to overwhelm you because you're like, oh my gosh, we have to do this. We have to do that. And so I feel like there's times when we've actually like, yeah, we, we've reversed in some of those, in some of those things, mm. depending on the project. <laughs> Cause yeah. I think, I think partly is because I'm also very creative um, and I think he's also very much a doer. So we're actually constantly shifting. But what was what something that did 
that I did have to learn about his creative process, which I don't do. And so sometimes, so sometimes I wasn't sure how to like meet him there was that he's like a verbal processor. So he needs to process things out loud. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we would be in conversations and I really was like sitting there thinking like, I have no idea what he's talking about nor what my role here is yes yes <laughs> like i sure to like encourage him am i supposed to ask questions i mean is he just like using me as a notepad right now am i a notepad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. I, and i had to realize, uh, actually like, that sounds oh. like a pretty good role at yes. times. yeah that's great yes. yeah. i was like oh i'm his notepad like he just wants to like share these things hmm. he don't really know where he's going that's why he can't yeah. tell me what he wants and i just need to like hear him out and then he'll figure it out and then he'll, he's going to go away and like go do something creative with it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so in that sense i definitely had to learn that because for a long time i was like why are you talking incessantly to me right now when i have a meeting coming up in five minutes <laughs> that i need to get to like what is the point just get to the point <laughs> the point is this is dope and it's gonna be amazing yeah you know? yeah i was so lost wow. i was so lost in that I think now the two of you with the oh. with like unfinished music, like I would be so oh, excited to yes. show you songs. Yeah, and the other thing, yeah, like he would show me songs, um, along the whole process, right? So like I had heard yeah. bits and pieces along the way. So when his album's out, I'm just like, he's all excited. I'm just like, cool. Oh wait, it's like, haven't you already? Wasn't this out already? Wasn't this out already? No, it was out to you. Like no one else had heard this before, and I was like. Oh my bad. So now, now everyone else knows. Okay, let me go listen to the whole thing. <laughs> and I'm like, and I like the first time I'm showing her. It's like anybody. First time I'm showing her, I'm like waiting for her reaction. Like that part was dope, right? That part was dope. She's like, what? I was like, I wait, what did you say? Because I just don't. Speak rap. I couldn't quite hear. Get that. I don't yeah. understand anything you just said. And I'm like, all right. And then like the, the I don't speak rap. <laughs> the puns and the like word thingies. Plays and all that. I was like. You have to back up so far to even tell me how that was like a wordplay because I don't even know the reference. So talk yeah, about like, the reference. Yeah, go back to the reference, to the this, to the year, yeah. to the that. And then it was yeah. not fun by then. He yeah. Was Never mind. And it's and I'm going, you remember when I was talking to you last night about, you know, this podcast I was listening to about, you know, the Khmer Rouge and, you know, and Pol Pot, like all this, because I pull from all this stuff. I'm like, you don't, you don't remember the, the, the Cambodian revolution that's so that's what i was talking about remember we was talking last night i showed you about it and she's like i don't know like, that, that was no. like page, i checked out that was page an six, hour ago that was yeah. six of notepad i have no idea yeah. Where, yeah. where we are before. page six wow <laughs> i love it that is that is real it's like you have this you're like but this is my art form and you're like i know but i'm just trying to figure out dinner right now like do we really have to talk about this <laughs> yes yeah. yes and I'm like, but are you amazed by me? <laughs> I, I realized that's just what I need the validation. I just need to know yes. that I just need you to be like, okay, wait, wait, wait. but that's the point, right? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is not what is amazing probably to her about you. At all. In, yeah. in any way, right? At that all. might have been interesting when you first started dating, but then you're like, okay, this is part of who he is, but that's not. Who I, all who I am. No. Exactly. Yeah. Or like the reason you're here. Well, yeah. Is what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, yeah, yeah. You all both you both have very distinct cultural perspectives, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious, has that created conflict or has, has that created like curiosity for the two of you? I don't think it's created conflict. Yeah. One is because like even the side of LA I'm from was like predominantly Latino. Okay. So I feel like I was relatively well-versed with her culture already. Um, even though I have a very strong sense of my blackness and who I am and what it means. But I think like culturally, I think in a lot of ways we were really on the same page. You know, there was a couple fumbles because, you know, her it particularly for her, she's she's first gen, you know, whereas so culturally they're a lot more Mexican than they are like Chicano, like Mexican American, which mm-hmm. is who I grew up with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there was a few faux pas here and there. Yeah. But generally, like, we're usually pretty curious about each other's culture, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also grew up, I mean, most of my, I talk about this in the, my book, most of like my pivotal role models growing up were Black women teachers that I had. And that really kind of pushed me to become who I am now. And I grew up in a predominantly like Latino neighborhood, but I got bused to a predominantly Black neighborhood, at, you know, growing up. And so that really kind of set me off to really understand things from very different perspectives and 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 learn a lot about other cultures, particularly like African-American culture, um, you know, well before I met him. Yeah. The L.A. experience, especially like the era that we're from, the region that we're from is it's it's like especially among like people of color our experiences were so similar and we were so enmeshed into each other's worlds, which is just, like I said, it's like, it's a very California, Los Angeles thing that like Mm -hmm. most of us are like tri-cultural. Like most of us Mm -hmm. have been around so many different communities already. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That like, um, and of course it's like, you know, don't make no theology about that, but like, but, but generally speaking, you're not going to find a community that's not familiar at a pretty comfortable level with the community next to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. So with you guys being like, I mean, I when I think of both of you, I think of you both as very like justice oriented people and um and that being a very big mission in just different ways from both of you. Um, how has that impacted like your your relationship, your family, what you exert energy towards, what you choose to fight for slash say no to, you know, like boundaries? How, how have you kind of figured that out? Because I'm sure it's hard to fight for everything. Yeah, it is hard. Um, I mean, I'm kind of just thinking about the Red Couch podcast and how I think that was a time in our lives when both of our interests really intersected and we kind of produced this like amazing, um, like this amazing thing uh, that we we both worked at and just really enjoyed. You know, we haven't really recorded for Red Couch podcast in a in a in a while, and um, but. I think that when 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 you know when I hear this question, it just kind of reminds me of like when all of our interests aligned and when it all just kind of felt like we were on the same page about things and it just created like this magical moment like for us, you know, in mm-hmm. our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then there's, you know, other times when we have been invited to similar to the same conferences or like mm-hmm. the same speaking engagements. And um, and that's always been awesome because it actually doesn't happen as much as maybe like folks might think. Like yeah. I think that, you know, it's it's we have very, we're in very different worlds and it's also shifting a little bit, I think, for you. It's yeah. shifting more like recently, but I've been kind of more always in like more of the academic, not like secular, non-religious spaces. And that's kind mm-hmm. of where I feel like a lot of my expertise expertise and also experience is like really sought after and people feel, you know, encouraged by. And it hadn't been until like later in our marriage that people were like, oh, wait, let's, you know, like, uh, let's look at um, Prop's wife. Like she does stuff that's kind of yeah. related to what the church is now finally like, Talking, talking about, about you know and so then now i've been invited to like things that are much more you know uh i guess religious um or christian but that's just never been my world so even when, as i'm getting some of those invitations i'm very uh particular about what i want to spend my energy in there because to be honest because sometimes because of the work that i do and just sort of diversity equity inclusion work and social justice work it kind of feels very like elementary and futile in Christian spaces for me. And I don't say that as like, just, you know, kind of um, self-aggrandizing, but more because it's just frustrating for me. Like, I don't know how to teach folks at that level. Like I've been teaching like graduate level, like, um, and and also yeah, like, like mid career yeah. C-suite professionals, how to like institute this in the organizations, like for years. And churches are finally like, hey, we want to do that too. And I'm just like, I don't, I mean, you guys have to start at like, be like just anti-racism. Like you mm-hmm. have to start so far back. I don't even focus on that, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, there has been, there have been some other ones that have been aligned more with where I am and what I feel like I can offer yeah. that I've been able to say yes to, which has been really cool. Cause I feel like that's where you are as yeah. well too. Yeah. Cause generally it's like, okay, before I come do this Q and a with your like leadership team, here's 40 books you need to burn through first, you know? And then once you burn through those 40 books, call my wife. She, she'll mm-hmm. come, and, come and talk to you then. But I think, I think uh, one thing, I think one thing to your question about like justice and sort of how we work together and how we move through the world. Yeah. The Red Couch podcast was like, it was like five seasons and it was like really the perfect alignment of like where we could both bring our full selves to something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think uh, one thing that we think about a lot is how do we present what we value and what we want to replicate in the world. Right. And a lot of times it's because the people closest to us are our children, you know, so for, in our, in our friend group. So there's, there's certain things we wanted our kids to see is that like, yo, we have, we have friend, we have a friend group. That's not just, you know, ethnically diverse, but socioeconomically diverse. You know what I mean? Where, where it's like, and a lot of times that's a, that's a, area of justice a lot of people don't see you know what i'm saying is that the diversity in socioeconomic and class structures um so it's one thing that's we're showing that like when before we like bought a house and really got settled we were trying to communicate that like buying a house isn't the value you know that's not 
that's not what we're replicating is this this financial security at all costs you know what i'm saying we're what we're trying to what we're trying to say is like where do we spend our money where do we spend our time and and that's something that's replicated bringing our children to marches and protests and them seeing what we what things we like i said what things we purchase you know what we're willing to pay overprice for quote unquote because we know that this is like carbon neutral it's like you know cruelty free and stuff like that and like and and putting that in the forefront, like, yo, this is why we did this, you know, is because we know that there's an an area of justice in, you know, um, in this company that we're purchasing. And then for me as an artist, even with book, even with where I would accept a booking, you know, is like, hey, is this going to put good in the world rather than like, mm-hmm. well, they just they just cut a really good check, you know, and um so that's sort of like leading, I think, by example, um, and having her as like having Alma as like a check to me, you know what I mean? I think sometimes because in the beginning, when we were going through the PhD program, her PhD program down like, you know, she had a small she had a stipend from the school, but the majority of like the income was on me. So because of that, it was like, I gotta take. <laughs> every gig I get, you know what I'm saying? Um, until I can start getting the gigs that'll pay me enough to where I only need to do one of them a month. You know what I'm saying? So, but then the ones that were like paying me to do, you know, <laughs> that much, I was like, I don't know if I'm like really cool with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so those, so trying to figure out like. <laughs> let's be honest, there are probably events I used to be involved in, but that's a whole different. <laughs> let's, let's be Well. <laughs> We won't go well, that far. Yeah. We won't go that far back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> but there was that like, and it was an element. And even with that, it was like what I had to like, what we talked about even among us was like, even in those scenarios, it was like, well, listen, I can only do my, I can only, I only have my art. I only have my work. So at this point, I'm like, to your point, I'm like, well, y'all could have booked whoever you wanted. You, mm-hmm. I mean, you chose me. So if you chose me, this is what I'm going to say. You know what I'm saying? And some of that came out of like our sort of discussions where it's like, I mean, well, who are you? Like, are you going to, you can go in there and be somebody else? And I'm like, well, no, I'm going to go in there and be me, you know? Um, So I think that that, I I hope that answers your question, but like. No, I love uh, that. Yeah. When you were talking, I was thinking about that red couch. I was like, wow, I hadn't really processed very often because I feel like Andre and I we've always had a relationship where we really can bring our full selves to our relationship Mm -hmm. but I don't know that every listener right now feels that like you know what I mean like I'm like I don't I don't know like you think about very young recently married or they're 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 just getting started out they're they're trying to please each other in every way you know say the right thing And that, all their all their shiny parts. And that wears off. I mean, that wears off pretty quick. But even when it wears off, I still don't know that a lot of those people are actually entering into that core relationship in a true, honest, full self perspective, which is hard. I think it's interesting, too, because, I mean, I, I also think probably, Alma, you had to go through that depression period mm. to come to your full, true self and to understand that and and i think there's just so many times like that that we forget of i mean when you're in it we forget sure. uh what that could possibly lead to you know 
Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially if it's the first time that you're going through it, mm-hmm. have those reminders of like, oh, Hey, it gets better. Or, Hey, it's, you know, like eventually maybe years later, you're going to not feel this horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's something that I remind people now because I, you know, there's, there's folks that do reach out to me because of the content of my book or just because of just the relationships that I have, um, you know, close relationships that I have that know, cause I'm very vocal about it. And I remind them like, it's so hard when you're in it to realize it's not going to stay like this forever because it feels mm-hmm. so like, this is, this is it, you know? Yeah. And it's one of those things that, you know, it, it's, it does, it can get really, um, sad and and detrimental you know like there's, mm-hmm. that's where we have like self-harm and you know yeah. suicide and, and those kinds of things mm-hmm. but um but yeah there's so much to that that i think that folks can look forward to at the other end of that and we don't often talk about how yeah it's hard and messy and it's like a, a lot of work but then your capacity for joy and then like your capacity for sorrow, like get magnified. And then you're living such a like full kind of life where you can have, you know, all this imagine unimaginable joy that you never realized like was even possible, you know? Mm-hmm. It's almost like, I guess, like watching TV, like those box TVs now, you know, like if, from the 80s, like if we try to stream like an hd kind of version of something how horribly pixelated it looks right here you know and i feel like that's how i was living and then once i went through like my depression and healing i feel like now i like it's so crispy there's like 3d like you know experience Mm -hmm. when i'm watching something from like this amazing television that's super updated and like my whole software is matching the hardware and i'm just like you know in sync with myself like and that's something that we don't talk about. We just talk about like how uncomfortable it is when it's, you know, when you're going through that and how like, how, you know, hard it can be. But there's also so many people that have gone through that and healed from that and then gone mm-hmm. on to do amazing stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend explain it like um, it was a basement I never knew I had, like a whole nother floor level mm. in the house. Yes. And... That was really helpful for me to hear that idea of like so many times we just stay on this, you know, main floor uh-huh. and it's scary to go in those like really dark, sad places, you know, right. but yeah. it was sometimes it's a whole basement that you can discover and explore and yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And it just makes you that much bigger and and you know, as a person and be able and that much more gives you that much more capacity that you didn't even know you had it. Now you can store stuff in there that you want to store stuff in there, like move things out of there that you want moved up to the front, to the house, you know, exactly. As opposed to just limiting yourself to just those four walls or that house, that room. Yeah. You feel is like all you've got, you know? Right. Exactly. Well, I love the name of your book, Alma. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell (laughs) us about the name. And what it means so everybody can uh, hear the amazingness of it. Yeah. So my book is called Chingona, Owning Your Inner Badass for Healing and Justice. And basically what it is, um, Chingona means badass woman. um, If you just kind of do a direct translation. But if you do a deep dive, which I do in the book about where it comes from, like who's called that and why, um, you know, you really start to understand sort of the 
dynamic ways in which um, folks in the Latina community um, don't even understand their own history or may not even be aware that, you know, it was initially kind of used as a way to really um, name the the raped women from the colonization that happened in the Americas with the Spanish coming to, you know, invade the, the Americas and calling their children chingones, like basically meaning children that have been born of rape or of, you know, and, and that's kind of where the history of the word comes from. Over the years, it becomes less a sort of like violent and paternalistic and, um, you know, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and it becomes more of a way to just silence people, silence women saying like, you know, basically like, stop being a chingona, stop being rowdy, stop being loud, stop being too much. Right. Mm -hmm. And just kind of almost like take your place in the patriarchal structure that we've we've had we've covered out for you. And what I do through the book is really like not only bring to like the history of the word um, into like light in that a lot of Latina women have reclaimed this word in a way to really empower one another and empower themselves as like, no, we are also badass women, like the way that Chingona as version like the male version of you know chingon. of chingona being chingon being having been used for men who were badasses can also be applied to us and mm -hmm. you know reclaiming that and so this is where kind of the books the book uh jumps off from and just really wanting to investigate like what is a chingona what does it actually mean to really live um you know fully embodied in your brown skin and loving it and also um, you know, learning the hard lessons and taking those um, and and really living out a life where you're you're committed to your values and even the way that that you show up in the world you know, mm. via justice ideals and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of it's a lot of a personal narrative of, you know, just my own journey in that. And it's also an invitation to many women like me, brown women that may have grown up without having our experiences validated and the ways that we see the world, mm -hmm. you know, kind of shine through. And so, yeah, that's, that's what Chingona is all about. And so just inviting everyone to be a Chingona, you know, in 2023. I love it. <laughs> and all right. Well, we ask everybody that we interview this question, especially couples. So is it possible to change the world, stay in love, and raise a healthy family. I feel like I have to say yes, but you can say no. People have said no. You know, this isn't well, a leading question. Okay, okay, cool. I was like, wait, am I supposed to say yes? No, no, this is not a leading oh, yes. question. I feel Pop, like you just look tired. You just look tired. No, that's because I was like, the even just hearing the question makes me tired. No. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. What I'm no, saying. it's like, no, I would agree. I'm like, possible, absolutely. Just really 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 hard you yeah. know and you just have to decide which i think you know i feel like what we do is like yeah everybody's got the same 24 hours i just have to decide what do i value yeah you know mm -hmm. and and then change the world and then i have to define that how how am i going to change the world you know what i'm saying am i going to change the world by presenting a healthy marriage to the world am i going to change the world by raising amazing children am i going to change the world by my content that i put out you know what i'm saying and just uh, so I think, I just think, yes, it's just really hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, I don't know who to give credit for this anymore because I've it stayed in my brain and someone told me this once a long oh time God, ago. I'm about to say something amazing. <laughs> I mean, generally when people tell you something and you hold on to it, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> so basically the way that it was described to me, it's like there we're we're all juggling a lot of balls in the air, except some of those are glass balls and some of those are plastic ball, balls that can bounce back up. So our role is to figure out, first of all, which one of those are glass for us in our relationship, which one of those can be can bounce can be dropped sometimes, but will can can bounce back up and they'll be all right. Because once the glass balls falls, that's it. That you mm-hmm. cannot put that back together. Right. Or if you do, it's a lot of work, right? To put those back together because of all the little shattered pieces. So that's kind of how I think about like this question of like changing the world, staying in love, raising a healthy family. Like I think sometimes I'm doing a really good job about, you know, on two of those, but it's really hard to do on three, but I think I can drop one of those balls sometimes as long as I pick it back up and don't let like the ones that I feel like are glass ones that are going to be much harder to pick back up fall to the ground. Mm -hmm. It's a great answer. I love it. Yeah, it is. My, I, my dad, um, Black Panther, he did, such a good job of like making it very clear that my work, my justice work was a part of a continuum that you're like one part of a continued work. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I knew that like, all I'm doing is just trying to push the needle forward a little bit, but it's not on my shoulders to change the, to uproot the whole system, but I'm part Mm -hmm. of a story, a continual story. So so I think that like a lot of pressure, especially that like young activists feel like in the sense of like it's like using her metaphors, like they're all glass. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and I have to be the one. And if I take a break, if I take my eyes off the prize, you know what I'm saying? Like I definitely credit to my father was making it clear that's like, no, nah, you are part of a longer story, you're part of a longer mm-hmm. history. You're just participating in a longer narrative, you know, and mm-hmm. that has given me a lot of peace around, you know, the work we do. And now it's time for the wrap up. What? Nope. Breakdown. And now it's time were, for the breakdown. You were just in it because he's a rapper. Is that oh, what wrap up? you see what I did there? Oh, okay. Okay. I think it was just a error, but that's okay. We'll just what is that roll called? With it. Hang on. Roll what, with it. What is that called when it's like a I don't remember. a Freudian slip? Maybe. Isn't that? Because I, I was know, thinking I thought Freudian was sexual, so I don't know. Oh my good. Why do you gotta bring everything that direction? I'm just saying, I think Freudian <laughs> are sexual. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, we're way off topic. Let's go back to Alma and Prop. For the breakdown. For the breakdown. So uh I love their story. I think it's so unique. I mean, they're like a blended family. They're a multicultural family. They're a multiracial family. They've got so many things going on that can lead to so many, um, I don't know. Like learning outcomes, different perspective, a fresh thought. All yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you can take it in that really positive way, like you just said, or you can say <laughs> that would make life really hard. Right, that's true. So there's a lot going on there. Um, I really resonated. Can I just start? I really resonated with them talking about um, 
depression with your partner mm. and Alma being so honest about it. Um, I think that's definitely been like a journey that you and I have been on in different times where either you've had uh, anxiety issues that we've talked about before or I've had depression issues. Um, and so to me, hearing that perspective from somebody who's like been through it and in it was beautiful. And I just love props like uh, honesty with his fatal errors, how he um, talked about those, like uh, his first one was um, trying to fix her. Um, and then the second one was like interrogating kind of like questions versus validating and then, um, and then the other one about like minimizing his own problems um, mm. during it. I thought those three things, I mean, I wrote those down and I'm like, I need to revisit that. I need to revisit how even just you and I, how we interact in those ways of somehow, sometimes we fall into these three categories in some way with each other um, and just kind of learning from that is so important. Yeah, the interrogate versus validate really stuck with me. It's more, you know, it's easier for me as a fixer definitely to interrogate. Right, right. Because you're and, asking, you're, you're and there's leading a healthy, the questions to fix, right? It's like, it's not a interrogate, it's not like a curiosity questioning. It feels like an... Like a questioning. There's a fine line between those two things. Right, yeah. exactly. But you, the person can tell. Oh, really? For sure. <laughs> you think you're you think you're being sly. I know what you're doing. Uh, that um, was the validating. Yeah. And how validating somebody's experience and what they're going through and being curious and then validating it, I think is amazing. Something I love about these two is that they have their own unique identities, like individually. I think that's something that I really respect about them. They yes. they have come to understand who they each uniquely are. Mm -hmm. And then they bring that full self to their relationship. And they value the each unique yeah. differences yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, you can tell in the interview how different they are in their personalities and mm. everything. But then you can see this like immense respect that they have for each other. Right. Because it'd be easy to say, well, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't think that. I don't see it that way. And then cause conflict, which that happens, obviously, for all of us. But they have found over time, it's, this is my probably too simple of a deduction, but like over time, they have found a way to validate that and encourage that within each other, which is really beautiful and hard thing to find and do. Yeah. Um, I love this quote that uh, I think Prop said, which was, I am one part of a continued story, a longer narrative. And I think, wow, what a like, our, all of us live life in such short time frames. Our mindset is like, okay, What's my B-reel I'm posting today? What's the Instagram? What's the latest, newest, freshest, da-da-da-da-da-da-da? It's all mm -hmm. quick, fast, mm -hmm. short elements that determine my life. Right. And, I, man, this concept, I'm like, I should paint this on my wall. I am one part of a continued story, a longer narrative. And I think that was rooted in some of the stuff he was talking about with his, his dad and um, all that. But, like, 
wow, like that it changes how you think about parenting. Right. I think that that played a role in what they were talking about with parenting, about like with their kids when they're talking about how do we present what we value and what we care about in the world mm. for our kids to see and emulate and continue, right? Because that's the longer narrative, yeah. right? The longer narrative then also continues with our kids. And so, I mean, just their example, even about buying a house and all of that, about how they spend or where they spend their money and making sure their kids understand. And I think that's exactly goes back to that theme of this is a longer narrative. This mm. is more than me. And it goes on with our kids as well. So good. Well, Prop Elma, you guys were amazing. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. And and do not forget to go buy the book Chingona, C-H-I-N-G-O-N-A. And this book, we need more women to let their badass self come out. So let's do this. Let's buy this book and support Elma. It's a great book. You guys are going to love it. And that's another episode of Love, Love or Work. work.